Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. I hope everyone had a great weekend, but it is Monday, which means we got power rankings, new and improved power rankings coming at you. Team of the week, player of the week, of course, overreaction Monday, where Alex is going to give me some maybe overreactions, maybe not, but from everything around the game of baseball, some good stuff this past week and the weekend, and we will talk all about it. Let's get to it. Happy Monday, everyone. What a great weekend it was. It was Mother's Day on Sunday, so I hope everyone had a happy Mother's Day. Alex, how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun and exciting on Sunday? I, uh, so... I come from a big family. Yes. Right. And we work on Sunday. So you got to think of sports moms. So first of all, let me just give a shout out to all the superstar moms out there. I hope you had an amazing Mother's Day because we all know you're the real MVPs, especially if you're a sports mom, because it starts at Little League. Oh, yeah. AYSO all the way through the big leagues. It is your life. Sports are your life. Um, so I got lucky. I got to do a little one on one with my mom on Saturday, which is rare when you're one of four. Um, because we were working today. We, we record our yeah. our Monday shows Sunday night, and it starts young. My girlfriend has a four-year-old, and they were playing t-ball like Sunday morning. Like <laughs> Mom's days are given to the game of baseball. Yep. So we love you, moms. I um, I told my mom that I would give her a shout-out, and of course I was planning – I would always do that anyway. But um, obviously being on separate coasts of yeah. my of my mom is very difficult, especially on, on Mother's Day because I miss her so much and love her. But she was able to – the Mets were in D.C., so they were Aww. able to drive up and spend the day and night with Justin there. So um, better one than, than zero. Better better to have at least yeah. one song with her on that day. So I love Mama very happy that that was able to happen. But, uh, yeah, definitely a great day. And, of course, called her and FaceTimed her and talked to her for a while. So – a, a good day. Yeah, Mama Verlander is so awesome. I've, we've gotten a chance <laughs> to spend some decent time with her at the World Series, yep. during the playoffs, during the WBC. They're just so awesome. Yep. They're great. I agree. Big fans. <laughs> Big fan. Yep. What <sighs> happened this lot week? What happened Alex? this week? We talked about it at the end of last week. One being Aaron Judge came back. Captain is back, baby. But after his first game, a little bit anticlimactic, but mm -hmm. then three hits that next game and then over the weekend we just saw we saw in full force everything that Aaron Judge means to the New York Yankees multi-homer game dominating on the field the captain is back as you said and boy did the New York Yankees need him they do they're just you can tell the energy with the team is different they're obviously doing better they're four and two since he's been back 
couple tough, close losses there, especially Sunday when Judge had a chance to tie it with a home run in the ninth inning, but just shy on the warning track. Almost did, yeah. Almost did it. And the reaction from the pitcher's face when it was like almost going out <laughs> was so priceless. Um, but it's just it's better for the game of baseball. It's better for the Yankees to have Judge back, yeah. and, and he's he's going to get back to his normal form pretty soon here. And that was a good, that was a great series. They had, obviously the Rays, best team in baseball right yeah. now. Really, nobody can argue that. And having him back for this series, the multi home run game, almost you know what he did there in the last inning with you know everybody in the stadium had to hold their breath. So Yankees and baseball are a lot better when Aaron Judge is back and. He's certainly back in full force. Yeah, he is. Well, from an MVP to a major league debut we saw this weekend, Perez made his major league debut, the first player born in 2003 to make his debut. Has There's not often, like, have you ever felt older than hearing this guy made his debut and he was born in 2003? Yuri Perez, the number one prospect for the Marlins, comes up and that's all like obviously a lot of talent this guy yeah. is a stud but the second you hear that a, a player in major league baseball was born in 2003 you just go back to well wait a second that's not that long ago 2003 was just 20 years ago it's 20 this is yeah. this is incredible that yes that he made his debut but i'm very excited i've said this in the past i think in the next Within the next couple of years, we're going to be talking about how this Marlins rotation is one of the top three rotations in the game of baseball. Obviously, with with Sandy, and then you have Lazardo and Yuri Perez, and mm-hmm. Edward Cabrera. I mean, these guys are have all of the potential in the world, and him coming up as young as he is just shows how how much this organization believes in him. The number nine overall baseball prospect and the number one prospect for the Marlins. I love that we're seeing so many of these top prospects finally get a chance this season. Early, month in, so this is what we need. It's what the game needs, and it's just just so fun to see. I agree. Especially when there's success. Okay. From a rookie to probably one of the top pitchers of our generation, Zach Greinke, 1,000 for Zach Granke, meaning he became just the fifth player in Major League Baseball to strike out a thousand different players. From literally a guy that was born in 2003 to Zach Granke, who's on the complete opposite <laughs> yeah. end of the spectrum, who has now become just the fifth baseball player ever to strike out a thousand different batters. Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, and now Zach Granke. Listen to that category he's in. Pretty cool, and definitely, definitely a category of longevity. Yeah, right. Zach Granke has been doing what he's doing for a long time now, and uh, I think, I think he's been one of the more underrated pitchers in the game of baseball since he's been involved. Just the way his career has gone, being an ace of a staff mm-hmm. with uh, completely different stuff than he has now. Right, a hard fastball, great off-speed stuff, which he still has that, but doing it for the Royals for the majority of his career, which not a huge market, not getting a lot of the love he deserves, goes to to Houston for that time there, and then back in Kansas City now. But just his career, the longevity is something that's so special. I mean, he was the opening day starter for the Royals this year. And I, I just, he's one of my favorite players in the game of baseball just because he it's so much fun to watch him pitch yeah. and he's so 
fun and interesting to listen to talk about baseball to watch the way he goes about things on the field Zach Greinke is one of one and he's an absolute blast to watch him pitch and I'm a big fan of his and I, I love I love what he's still doing in Major League Baseball so we're at the point of his career where you can talk legacy right yeah. how do you see his legacy being remembered in the game of baseball I, I think when when people think Zach Greinke we're first going to think just quirky. He yeah. was just like, like what, like I said, one of one, you know, there's nobody, there's nobody like Zach Greinke. There's nobody that goes about their business like Zach Greinke. There's nobody willing to, in the middle of, you know, the, the grounds crew getting the field ready, that'll just go on the back of the mound and sit down Indian style on the ground and just like, just sit there like yeah. he's having a blast. I mean, it's just, Zach Greinke truly is a player that is is one of the best pitchers to do it, but also a player that just doesn't care what anybody else has to say. And it's uh, I, I've loved getting to know him and watch him pitch. And that is not an overreaction. That is not. That an is the truth. Yep. But now let's get to some possible overreactions because it's Monday, so it's time for overreaction Monday. Ben, I'm going to give you a couple different statements, and okay. you tell me if you think it's an overreaction. Or it's not. Okay. You ready for the first one? Yeah. Juan Soto is officially back. Not an overreaction. I, the guy's back. And I've been waiting for this for a long time, really since he's gotten to the Padres. We've seen glimpses and games and a couple game stretches where he's seemingly himself. But I, I, I am ready to say the guy is back. I mean, just this past week, 478 on the week. In the last two weeks, 422, two homers, 10 RBIs. His OPS in the last two weeks is almost 1,400, a 1,374 OPS. That is absolutely ridiculous. So numbers-wise can tell you he's back, but really why and what is, is the reasoning that I'm able to say he's back. His what I was seeing from him is a bad approach at the plate, completely unlike him, bad swing decisions, very passive at the plate. And Juan Soto had become in his career established as one of the one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in baseball, and a guy that was just real so able to work a walk and to work the count. And he has that record of most walks for a player under what, twenty-two years old ever. Or whatever that might not be the exact stat, but his walk stat is is insane. But I almost feel like he took that as like that is that is the player I am. So you would go watch Juan Soto, and it'd just be so frustrating to watch him take oh oh heaters down the middle or three one pitches down the middle when that's not who your team needs you to be. They need you to be a guy that swings and drives runs in and drives the ball into the gap and hits homers and do damage. And he's certainly capable of doing that. So he's not really the kind of player. Yes, he will always have a great approach, but he's not really the kind of player that you want taking tons of pitches to work a walk. You don't want Juan Soto walking. You want Juan Soto driving the baseball. And that's what he's been doing lately. So it feels like he's become much less passive at the plate. Uh, he's, I've seen him over the last week swinging a lot of first pitches in a game, which we, we typically wouldn't see him do. He'd work himself deep into a lot of counts. So there's certainly some mechanical things involved that I saw without getting too much into the details. If you go back and watch some of his footage from when he was 
struggling or striking out more than we had come accustomed to. He became very rotational, meaning his upper half. He's a very like lower half driven guy. He's very down low in his stance. And when he was struggling, he'd get very rotational and pulling off the ball. And we saw one opposite field hit from Juan Soto for the first month of the se- month plus of the season. That's not him. So to me, that even says more of what, uh, what I was seeing. He's become too rotational with his swing and the complete opposite of what we had seen from Juan Soto when he was going well. Well, he's not doing that anymore. He's back to, I think he got back to his roots. I think he got into the lab, looked at film, got back to what he was doing and became a little more aggressive while doing it. And I think that's why we're seeing the success we have from Soto over the last month of the season and especially the last couple of weeks. So not an overreaction at all. Juan Soto is officially back. And hopefully that can help kind of kickstart the Padres into winning some games and climbing up the NL West. That's another concern, though, is I know. he is back, and they're still uh, not they got to tease back great too. Baseball. I know. So, okay, yeah. well, let's move on to our next overreaction. <laughs> God, this shoulder shimmy. I don't. Even, I can only imagine what this. The means. Dodgers will win the NL West. Please tell me you are ready to say this. Yeah, this question yeah. keeps coming my way every couple of weeks. And they now have, what, a seven-game uh-huh. lead in the division after Sunday, after the sweep of the Padres. You can keep it coming my way, Alex. I yep. don't know when or if this will change, but I can't yet – I'm not yet ready to backtrack on everything that I have said from preseason. I do believe the Padres can turn it around. I'm not saying the Diamondbacks will win the division, but they certainly are good enough to throw a wrinkle in things where right now they're in second place in the division. And spoiler alert, they might be back in my power rankings again this week. The Diamondbacks are good. They can win games. Um, They can steal some wins from everybody. And look, we're a month and a half into the year, almost two months. The Padres are around 500. They're only seven games out. I'm not yet ready to say it. The Dodgers have the best record in the National League right now, and you're not ready to say it. That's correct. It's too yeah. early in the season. Now, let me say, I will also add this. Okay. If I picked the Dodgers to win the NL West before the season, <laughs> I would feel great about it, and I would say I'm absolutely sticking with that. I feel great about it. But I didn't, and I'm not going to backtrack on it less than two months into the year when the Padres haven't yet gotten rolling. If they're not, if they're not, ro- what is it? It's May 15th. If they're not yet rolling within, by the end of the month, ask me again. Okay. And maybe then, maybe then. I'm giving you the smug look that Mookie Betts is giving you on your shirt right now. I am wearing a Mookie mm-hmm. shirt because they're playing great. Yep. But I'm not yet ready to All say right. it. It takes, you know, like it's a bull, it's a 162 game season. Yep. I made a decision okay. to stick with a team that had a good offense and I believed would be great and they have a good pitching rotation. And on May 15th, it's not exactly the case yet. But let's talk October 1st, okay? Oh. So, okay, you're waiting that long. That's when we'll know. Okay. For sure. <laughs> but keep on asking me. We'll see when, oh, we'll see when my decision changes. Oh, I will. Okay, okay, let's move on to our next overreaction. Contreras' return to catcher is the right decision. Mm-hmm. Go. I mean, I guess, but why was it the decision in the first place to not make him the catcher? And then why? One week later, you're like, "Well, we we're good. We saw what we needed to see." 
I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make much sense. The the Cardinals manager Ali Marmal on Wilson Contreras returning to the catching position said this: "We felt really good about the progress that we've made, and it lines up really well for him to catch Jack Flaherty on the mound on Monday." What? What? <laughs> what? What? What progress could have possibly been made in a week? So is this the right decision? I mean, yeah, sure, it's the right decision because you paid this guy almost $90 million to be your catcher. Mm -hmm. It was the wrong decision to not make him that. But one week later, like I almost would respect it more if they're like, hey, we're making this decision and we don't know when it's going to happen. We, nobody on the outside knows what's going on. We need to see some improvement and we'll, we'll update everybody along the way. And Contreras is on board with this. But no, like you get the public backlash and then one weekend you're like, okay, we're good to go. It just doesn't really sit well with me. So is it the right decision to put him back at catcher? I guess. But like, what? why did you do it in the first place? And I, I, I said this last week and I'll say it again. I feel like Wilson Contreras was used by the front office as a scapegoat for what everybody knew would be bad pitching. But does that make it his fault? I don't believe so. Wilson Contreras is a guy that wanted to play in the World Baseball Classic because, obviously, who wouldn't want to play in that? But he didn't because he was with a new team and wanted to learn his new staff and his new pitchers. And a lot of those pitchers decided to go play in the World Baseball Classic, so he really wasn't able to do that. So it's this long process of learning your pitchers and getting familiar with them and building that bond with your pitchers that it's impossible to have a bond like Yachty and Yachty and Wainwright, right? Mm -hmm. But like your task was stepping in that place and he was doing everything right. And then a month into the season, you're saying, Hey, we're, you're not going to be our catcher right now. And then a week later you are going to be our catcher. It just, I, I don't, I don't get it. He was used as a scapegoat. And now I think they're backtracking once they saw the backlash from everybody involved, but Kudos to Wilson Contreras for handling the situation the way he did because it would be very difficult for anybody in that decision to come out and, and act the way he did, which was very gracious and, and said as much of, hey, I respect their decision. I'm working hard to get back there. And, man, it, hats off to him for being able to say that. But I my answer for is this the right decision is – I, I guess. Like, I don't, why make it in the first place? But good for him now. I think it just confirms our confusion yeah. that we had last week that do they even know what they're doing? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's a great question. Yeah. That should be our next. That'll be our yeah. next question. Okay. Let's move on to our next overreaction. Okay. The Orioles have the best fan experience in baseball. <laughs> you know what's up. I. The birdbath. This might be a bit of recency bias, uh -huh. but I'm going to say absolutely. I have had so much fun watching the Orioles this season, and it started with the team. And we've seen baseball and, and celebrations on the bases and homers take the world by storm, right? But the Orioles this year put on like a performance. When a player singles, they turn on the faucet. When a player hits a double or a triple, they do the sprinkler and spit out the water. And then the home run, you got the 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 homer, what are they calling it? It's beer bong. The dong bong. It's a beer yeah. bong. It's this entire experience. And now they're passing this experience on to the fans at Camden Yards by having the bird bath. <laughs> a, a section 
out in the outfield <laughs> where when the player, when the team hits a double or a triple or a homer, if you're sitting in the birdbath section, well, guess what? Then you have Mr. Splash out there spraying the entire section with water. They've been encouraged by the team to do the sprinkler, to do all the celebration that the team is doing. It's a blast to watch the Orioles right now, and it also looks like a blast to watch the the fan atmosphere and the experience. And one of the first games that they were that they started doing this, Cedric Mullins hit for the cycle. Yes. Are you kidding me? If that doesn't tell you you're on the right path, that's just the baseball god saying, "Hey, Here you good go. for you guys." Good for you guys. And here you go. If you're sitting in the splash section, enjoy this. It was just, it was an entire electric experience. I'm loving it. It makes me want to get out to a game at Camden Yards. I've experienced that place when it's rocking, and deservedly so right now, it's rocking. The O's entering this new week have the second best record in the game of baseball behind only their division rival, the Tampa Bay Rays. They're playing great baseball. The fans are coming back, and it's a blast to be there. I would say yes. The Orioles have the best fan experience. No, not yes. I would say that is not an overreaction. Alex. <laughs> we got to get you out there. We got to get you. Oh, in the I bird need to bath be in the, the bird bath. I need to see put this. me in the bird bath. <laughs> I'll even wear a costume. Put me in the bird bath. I'll do You'll the be sprinkler. A bird. I'll spit out the water. I'll be a bird. Let's do it. Let's let's figure out a way to get you there. If you're a bird, we'll I'm go. a bird. Okay. I'll dress as a bird. Yeah. Okay. I was just. This is it. fun. I was quoting the Notebook, oh. but you can also dress as. You can also <laughs> dress as a bird. <laughs> Who are these weirdo birds out there? <laughs> That'd be fun. Okay, let's move on to our next overreaction. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper will make the All Star game. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an overreaction. When you think about it, he really didn't miss that much time in the grand scheme Which of is things. Crazy. And the All Star game is a fan vote. And it's an exhibition. And it's the best players in the game are supposed to be there representing the sport. And Bryce Harper is certainly one of those. And let's talk about what he's done since he's come back. Oh, just hit 361 with two homers and five RBIs and an OPS over 1,000 in 36 at-bats. You kidding me? The guy didn't play in a single spring training or rehab game. Not a single one. And comes back. And does what he is doing. Are you? Are, it's it's remarkable. Again, that first game we talked about it the day he came back. 0 for four with three strikeouts, and it begged the question of, did Harper come back too soon? Mm-hmm. Well, since then he's gone to the plate 37 times, reached base 18 times. I, I it's, it's a head scratcher of how he's able to do this without seeing live pitching in a game. I understand he got some live abs, but in game live pitching. Hadn't seen it since the World Series. Steps right in and is hitting the way he's hitting. I wholeheartedly believe that Bryce Harper can and will make the All-Star game this year. Yeah, it's July 11th, meaning he still has about two months to keep doing what he's doing. And Phillies fans are going to vote him in. Yeah. Yeah. He's their MVP. Yeah. yeah. And he's one of the more exciting players in baseball. You want him there. He was involved in a bit of a scuffle. Fan. a little scuffle over the week. Yeah, fan we exchange. had the fan exchange, and then they cleared they cleared benches on Sunday because a pitcher like clapped his glove at him. He they literally uh, the Phillies and uh, Rockies cleared benches, and he just brings an energy and a passion to the game of baseball that it needs, and to the Phillies. I mean, 
I, I do. I love Bryce Harper, and I love what he's doing without, <laughs> without seeing much live pitching at all. I love it. All right, our final overreaction Monday from one MVP to another. Aaron Judge will have the second most multi-home run games in Yankees history. Mm. All right. So we really need to dive into this here. Yeah. He tied Alex Rodriguez Mm -hmm. over the weekend with another multi-home run game. So the current list of most multi-home run games by a Yankee is A-Rod had 29 or has 29. Aaron Judge now tied him at 29. Joe DiMaggio at 35, so just six away. Lou Gehrig at 43. Mickey Mantle at 46. And Babe Ruth at 68. (laughs) So the question is, do I believe he can get to second? Which Mickey Mantle's at 46. He's now at 29. So 17 more multi-home run games in his career for the Yankees. I think you're foolish if you say no. Oh, yeah. Like, he's spending his career there in New York now. I mean, we could be talking about him doing this in, in a few years. Mm-hmm. And then he's setting his sights on Babe Ruth. Do I think he gets there? Probably not. But I almost think I almost think the overreaction here would be more, can he catch Babe Ruth for all-time Ooh. multi-home run games as a New York Yankee? At 60... 60- 69. Yeah, I don't know if that's happening. But I I really do believe he's clearly going to get to second. You know, God willing, his health stays okay in his career and he plays out the entirety of his contract. I mean, we could be talking about him getting into second in a few years. He's 17 multi-home runs, home run games away. You got to imagine he's going to have a couple, a few a year. So maybe more than a few years away. But I I wholeheartedly think he gets to second on this list and sets his sights on Babe Ruth, and I don't know if he's able to get there. But, yes, I don't believe it's an overreaction. I think Judge can finish second in his career in most multi-home run games for a Yankee. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That wraps up Overreaction Monday. Always fun. I like Overreaction Monday. You didn't think a lot of them were overreactions, which I dig, too. Did I not? No. No, you're right. Yeah. Were any of them? Oh, the Dodgers. The Dodgers. But I had to. But yeah, that's I had like. To, I'm just sticking with my guns. You yeah. know that I, I had to stick but, with that. Yeah. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now you can save fifty dollars on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So, with it being Monday, mm-hmm. it is now time for this week's new and improved, might I add, this week's top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. Let's start, Alex, mm-hmm. at number 10 with the New York Yankees, who... Though they might be teetering back and forth with the Boston Red Sox for last place in the AL East, it speaks volumes to just how good the AL East is because the Yankees are 23-19 and and Judge is back. They're playing good baseball. They put up a – they had a really good series against the best team in baseball, which is the Tampa Bay Rays right now. 
played them very well, came down to that last at bat with Aaron Judge, which we talked about, ultimately end up losing on Sunday, but still a good series, promising results for the Yankees. And, and the Yankees aren't in the business of moral victories, obviously. With their, with their payroll, and aside from payroll, you're the New York Yankees. So I'm not going to talk moral victories, but their series against the Rays was promising, and Judge being back, they look pretty good. So I have them here at 23-19 and 19 at number 10 on this week's Power Rankings. Number 9 was not ranked last week, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, the Twins are an interesting, they're having an interesting season because they've been as high as I think like third or fourth this year, mm -hmm. early in the year. They were very, very good. Then went through a tough skid, but uh, another another weekend series victory for them. Um, I never, who knew this would be said, but Joey Gallo being out hurt them quite a bit. He's a, been a great power source for them this year. Correa seems to be heating up. They're pitching dominant. Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan leading that rotation. Uh, good week for them, and they're back in the power rankings at number nine. At number eight, up one this week, the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know I love the D-backs. Oh, uh, we do. The D-backs have yes, been a blast to watch this year, and they're, they were at number nine last week in these power rankings. They're 23-18 and 18 and second in the NL West. Who saw that coming from this year? With the Dodgers and the Padres, everybody was thinking, well, it's those two in the division. Well, the D-backs have something to say about that. The fighting MVP CCs, Corbin Carroll. He's been great this year. <laughs> I love him. I love this team. And they've been uh, they've been everything. They've, they've been great this year. They're here at number eight. Keep driving that bandwagon. I am. Ben. MVP CC bandwagon starts here. And it's off and running. I, yeah. He's having a great year. Love the guy. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number seven. Up three spots, the Brewers. Man, the Brew Crew, if if they can hit like they have been hitting lately, they are going to be a problem. Because pitching-wise, they have the pitching. Uh, Corbin Burns hasn't even exactly been having a Corbin Burns-esque season to this point, but he's dominant. Offense has been good. Christian Yelich had an unbelievable weekend, I think, three homers over the weekend man this team if they're hitting they're the real deal and they hit over the weekend they hit over the course of the last week so i had to bump them up a few spots they're here at number seven this week at number six they are first in the al west but down one spot in your power rankings the texas rangers yeah the the rangers are still playing good baseball 25 and 15 and uh, getting a lot of production from Josh Young, who's an AL, almost said AL MVP, AL Rookie of the Year potential guy, probably a front runner for that right now. Um, Jonah Heim behind the plate deserves a ton of credit for one of being one of the best catchers in baseball right now. I feel like Adley, uh, Adley, Sean Murphy, Will Smith, JT Real Muto get all of that credit for in the conversation of best catchers in baseball. Put Jonah Heim in that conversation. He's been great. They're here at number six. And they didn't move down a spot because of anything really that, that they did, but that will be explained more as we move on. So let's move into your top five at number five after winning five in a row with the best record in the National League, the L.A. Dodgers. They keep on moving up. They just keep on moving. They weren't – a couple weeks ago they weren't even on this, the top ten power rankings. But then they got back on the list. Now they keep moving up. They're up another spot to, to number five. The Dodgers are rolling. I'm wearing mm -hmm. their shirt now. Mookie Betts. Mookie. Is, Mookie's turned it around. He's hitting for a lot of power right now. 
Um, Freddie Freeman doing his thing. They've gotten production from players this season that when you looked at the Dodgers this year, the head scratcher became, well, okay, they didn't really do anything though. So, you know, Mookie and Freddie and Will Smith will be good, but James Altman, the rookie Mm -hmm. this year has been phenomenal. So Dodgers have moved on up. They're here at number five. Number four, Baltimore Orioles. I just love what this team is doing this year. 26 and 14, the Orioles are. Uh, They have the second best record in all of baseball. They had a series where they beat the Rays at home, best team in baseball, take down the Rays at home. They were on the road in Atlanta, lost two of three there, two one-run ball games. Um, They've beaten so the Pirates, surprisingly good baseball team, take them down over the weekend. The birdbath out in the outfield. Camden Yards is coming back to life. You can feel it in this team. You have Yanir Cano, who's been elite in the back end of the bullpen. Felix Bautista, they're one of the best eight, nine inning guys in all of the game of baseball. So I really like what the Orioles are doing. And they're 26 and 14, second in the AL East behind only the Rays, but second in all of baseball record wise as well. They're here at number four. At number three, down one spot after losing four in a row. The Atlanta Braves. Yeah, the Braves were getting to the point where it was close to having them as the number one team, you know, right there neck and neck with the Rays, but a tough week for them. Uh, It's swept by the Jays, um, on on the road, swept by the Jays. But I, this team is, is very, very good. Ronald Acuna is having on pace for a 20-30 season in the first half on pace for 20 homers, 30 stolen bases in the first half, on pace for potentially a 40-40 season. The Braves are very good, and I couldn't knock them down but too far after the full season they've had, sitting at 25-15, and still very good, but a tough week, so had to bump them down a spot nonetheless. And a reason you bump them down is because the number two spot up one, the Toronto Blue Jays brought it to them. Another reason I couldn't brought... uh, bumped the Braves down but too much because they lost to the team that I now believe is the second best team in the game of baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, a big reason they got moved up is because of that dominant sweep against one of the best teams in the game of baseball. They were doing it in every which way, pitching, hitting, come from behind, wire-to-wire victories, literally everything you could imagine. They gave it to the Braves, and they deserve a ton of credit. They're 24-16, and and uh, I... I've predicted them to mm-hmm. win the AL East. It's going to be tough with the way the Rays are playing, but, man, are they playing good baseball, and they are here at number two. And speaking of the Rays, holding strong with that number one spot, the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, there's really no argument. Yeah. 31 and 11, first team and only team in baseball to 30 wins. Uh, they're doing it, and it, it's truly – it's truly incredible what the Rays are doing. When you when you sit back and look at their payroll of $75 million this year, contrast to the New York Mets, who their payroll is upwards of $340 million, what the Rays are being able to do in, in terms of pitching, four arms for them this year, just not even able to pitch anymore. Jeffrey Springs, TJ, Shane Boz, TJ in September, Tyler Glass now yet to pitch so far this year. Drew Rasmussen, 60-day IL, but it does not look promising for him. And they're still just turning out guys that are able to put up good starts, good numbers. Offensively, they're getting production from every single person in that lineup one way or another. 
it's kind of a plug in place with this team. There's only a couple of there's only a few players on this offense that are every single night, every day starters. Other than that, they're mixing and matching and they're doing it perfectly. It is truly incredible how the Rays are able to do this and they are again at the top of this week's Major League Baseball power rankings. Okay, kudos to the kudos to the That's Rays. That's great. Yeah. No, they've been fun to watch. As you know, Alex, we yeah. record every Sunday night. The Monday episode is recorded Sunday night. So I keep an eye on the Sunday night baseball game. Yeah. Um, How are we doing? Yeah, it's 6-1 six, six Cardinals over the Red Sox. So, Oof. yeah. Yeah. Good, good game here. But Cardinals, uh, maybe maybe turn the corner? Who knows? There you go. We gave them a lot of – We did. We gave we, we, much-deserved <gasps> flack with the handling of yep. the Wilson Contreras situation. But offensively, they appear to be starting to turn around. So yeah. We'll see if they can pull it off. <sighs> well, since it's Monday, now let's talk about your team of the week. Yeah, a couple names this week that have never made an appearance on Ooh. team of the week. So let's start, Alex, at the catcher position with one that certainly has been on team oh, of yes. the week because he's oh, one yes. of the best catchers in baseball. Will Smith of the Los Angeles Dodgers, 421 on the week with two homers and an mm -hmm. OPS north of 1,300. That'll get you on here yep. any week. Will Smith is my catcher for this week's team of the week. All right, moving to first base, Anthony Rizzo. What, what also, a week. Also a hot week. What a week for Anthony Rizzo. 444 with three homers and an OPS again north of 1,300. Really needed him and his production with Aaron Judge out of the lineup. And then Aaron Judge comes back, and they still need him and his production. Mm -hmm. And he's been... Man, he has been vital for this Yankees lineup that it, at many times throughout this season has been rather sluggish, but it, it ain't because of him. Anthony Rizzo is my first baseman team of the week. Who you got at second base? Second baseman, Christopher Morell. New mm. call-up. Just called up, and he's hitting 412 with two homers and five RBIs, a 1,200 OPS. He hit another homer on Sunday as – Many of you know the team of the week goes from Sunday to Saturday. So his homer on Sunday doesn't even count for this week. It'll be towards next week. But he had another one on Sunday. Since he's come up, we saw him come up last year and be really, really good and really announce his presence. This year he's come up and been great. First week up, team of the week. Pretty good start. So he's one of the, one of the newbies. One of the newbies to the list. Yes. So there's a couple names on here. I, 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 he might have been on it at some point last Was year. Was he? This okay. year he's never been on it, but okay. there are also some names on it this, but that have never been Ooh, on Ooh, okay. And we're about to get to one. At third base, Nolan Arenado. Oh, not him. We're about to get to one after him. Yeah. Nolan Arenado has been <laughs> on here like, quite sure a few that? times. 318 average, two homers, five RBI. It has been a tough, tough stretch for Nolan Arenado to start the season, and I don't think anybody has any doubts that he's going to snap out of it. And this week seems to be that start of him snapping out of it. Another good week. And uh, last year he was in that MVP conversation. So uh, I, 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 this is the player he is. So it's yeah. I, it's good to see him back on this list. And he's my third baseman this week. Okay, this is who I think you were excited yeah. to get to. At shortstop, Casey Schmidt. I've been excited to get to him the whole time. Like, and then giddy. I was like, okay, he was the third <laughs> baseman. And then we got to Nolan. I was like, wait, no sec. He was the shortstop. Casey Schmidt has been one of the best stories in baseball this season from 
his call up to the big leagues. He was sitting in a movie theater watching Guardians of the Galaxy when his call up happened. So he missed the call. He comes up. He hits a homer in his first game in the big leagues. His family going nuts in the stands. But it wasn't just that moment. It's been the entire week. 550 on the week with two homers, five RBI, and an OPS over 1,500. Great story. He's my shortstop on Team of the Week. All right, moving to the outfield. Now, remember, these are just the top three outfielders, not specific to left field, right field, center field. Okay, so let's get started with your first one, Dominic Fletcher. Yes, this is also a newbie to the list. Dominic Fletcher has brother of David Fletcher, by the way. Comes up, bats 500, two home runs, 11 RBIs on the week, and OPS nor- almost of 1,500. This guy has been dominant, and the the stretch that he's on right now, it's continu- it obviously continued all week long, but he is more than deserving of being on this list and one of the best players in baseball over the last week. So shout out Dominique Fletcher, uh, first-timer on this list as well. Love it. Next, Luis Robert Jr. Lou Bob. Man, since that play, yeah. running down the line, where he got a lot of flack for not running it out, deservedly so, um, he's really turned around his season since then. Good. The week after that, he was great. This prior week, he was great. 375, three homers, eight RBI, an OPS of 1,300 on the week, three straight games with a homer. He's hit some moonshots everything he hits right now is hard so uh credit where credit is due he got called out and a lot of players can either go one way or another you know you kind of backpedal and place blame elsewhere or you can look in the mirror and say i need to be better and Luis robert looked in the mirror and decided i'm going to be the player that everybody believes i can't be and he's been that you know who else decided to do that this last week your third outfielder juan soto Juan Soto is back. We talked about it in Overreaction Monday. He is back. 478 on the week with two homers, 11 knocks on the week, and OPS over 1,500. Everything I see with Soto leads me to believe he's back. Approach at the plate looks different. He's swinging more, which you want to see out of a slugger like Juan Soto. Uh, Mechanics-wise, he looks really good. The guy right now, every ball he touches is, is launched. And when Juan Soto is going well... He is, and he was in this discussion before mm-hmm. the trade and every. He is arguably the best hitter in baseball, and right now we can't say that because of his last year, but he's getting back to that form, and this past week is certainly an example of that. He's my last, my third of, th- not last, but yeah. third of three yes. outfielders. All right, let's move to your designated hitter, Salvador Perez. Salvi, uh, yeah. friend of the pod. By the way, 421 on the week, two homers, an OPS over 1,200. I just, I just, I love this guy. I, I liked watching Salvi even before he came on the show and then hearing him come on the show. And when he, he was so nice and such a great conversation. And then I saw him at the World Baseball Classic and went up and talked to him. And he came out of his way to come over and thank me for having Aww. him on Flippin' Bats. And just ever since, you know, I was a big fan and I will forever be a big fan now. So to see him raking right now makes my heart happy. He is my DH on Team of the Week. All right, moving to your starting pitcher, 
Bryce Miller. Bryce Miller. The start to his career is tough to get much better. Um, 2-0 on the week. Mm -hmm. Zero earned runs. 13 innings pitched. Only five hits and only one walk. Incredible. Bryce Miller has been untouchable this season. He's the Mariners' number two prospect coming up. And through three starts, his first start, which doesn't count for this team of the week, his first start, dominant. His last two starts, unhittable. Bryce Miller is the starting pitcher on team of the week. And everything this Mariners rotation needed and more with what's happened to Robbie Ray this season, for him to step up and be what he has been. He, there's an argument that he's been, uh, since he's since he's been called up, he's been the best pitcher in the game. So uh, he's my starting pitcher. And moving to your closing pitcher, Felix Bautista. Yeah, one of the the two-headed monster at the back end of that Baltimore Orioles rotate or back into the bullpen. Three saves, zero earned runs given up, eight strikeouts in just four and a third inning. Perfect. Perfection. Four and a third, punching out eight guys. That is pretty solid. A lot of the talk this year with the O's bullpen has been about Yanir Cano because it obviously should be, but Felix Bautista and him at the back end of the bullpen are making the most underrated back end of the bullpen in the game of baseball. Another good week for Felix Bautista. And that rounds out my team of the week. But that means it's time for your player of the week. And just from your excitement, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of who you're going to choose I, here. I'm so, this you're is so such giddy. a good story. You're so giddy. It's a heartwarming story. Casey Schmidt, player of the week. Unbelievable. 550, two homers, five runs scored, five RBIs. But it's the story for me. The call up, the first game in the big leagues, the homer in your first game in the big leagues, the perfect week. I mean, it's hard to get much better than the week that Casey Schmidt had. This is a week that he will remember for the rest of his life. And it started by getting a phone call while sitting in a movie at a movie theater, and he missed his call up to the big leagues. Finally ends up getting the call, understanding he's going up to the big leagues, and within 24 hours, he's up there hitting a home run in the major leagues in front of his family, and then went on to hit an absolute tank later on in the week. I mean, this guy has so much pop. The great story. Casey Schmidt, kudos to you. He is my player of the week. Alex? Yes? Who is your player of the week? Well, my player of the week, I think this might be the first time he was not. A player of the week was not on your team of Ooh. the week. However, he is on your shirt and right <laughs> on your heart. Mookie Betts has just absolutely turned things around this last week. He is a big part of the Dodgers' success that they have had. They have now officially the best record in the National League. They have won five straight in a row. He has just been on fire. I, his home run on Sunday doesn't count for this week. Otherwise, it would have been four, but three home runs, including the yep. one on Sunday on Mother's Day with his mom in the stands, which helped complete the sweep of the San Diego Padres. He has just been in fuego yeah. with the Dodgers. They are 13-2 and two in the last 15 games. They've won nine in a row at home, and Mookie has just been such a big part of that success. So he is my player of the week. I will say I wanted to give you pushback here. Okay. But I will say that is very um, – the, the Dodgers have turned it around. Yeah. They've been great. Yeah. He's on my shirt. Yep. Uh, his power has come back. Yes. And it's been – not 
there've also been very big homers. You know, yeah. like a lot of them were meaningful. Not in 10 nothing ball games. Yeah. Like comeback, meaningful homers. I, the reason I was going to get the average, back is it's not it's not as high on the week, but his moments of yeah. where he stepped up is a big reason that the Dodgers are where they are. Yeah. Yeah. You're a homer. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> I am. Um, so Casey Schmidt, my player of the week, and Mookie Betts is yours. I love that you're wearing a shirt today, too. I just was, <laughs> I was like, was so you fitting. walked in. I was like, huh. Well, well, well. Well, 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 here. Yeah. So that does it for player of the week and that does it for the monday episode of flipping bats we got um we got a great week coming up yes, and there's a do. lot of good baseball involved here a lot of good stuff coming up tuesday show we got two 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 tuesdays two tuesday, two tuesday show <laughs> um we got a good week planned so this has been a fun one this has been a fun one always always thanks Alex. for spending your monday with us i hope everyone oh as we're finishing up yeah. somebody just hit Nolan Arenado. Hey. Shocker. The man is back. Just hit a two-run bomb over the monster. It's now a blowout. It's a blowout in Fenway. It's 9-1 to one there. Man. He's the guy's turned it around. Up. He's back. He's back. Uh, thank you all for listening to this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. I hope everybody had a great weekend. And now, let's talk baseball all week long. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed and ready and following anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple or Spotify or wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every single episode as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. That does it for this Monday episode. Until tomorrow, my friends, peace.